0: Hello, and welcome to the Wealthy Woman Lawyer Podcast. We believe all women lawyers deserve to be wealthy women lawyers. Our mission is to provide thought-provoking, powerful, and practical information to help you in creating your own sustainable, wealth-generating law firm without overwork or overwhelm so you can live your best life. I'm your host, Davina Frederick, and I'm so excited for you to be our guest today. So let's get started. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Wealthy Woman Lawyer Podcast. I'm Davina Frederick. And today I'm super excited because I have a client of mine who's on Stacy Curvin. Stacy and I have known each other for probably about three years now, and I'm so glad that I got to know her. She is uh, an attorney. She has, owns her own law firm out in Wyoming, Sheridan, Wyoming, to be specific, home of the world's largest rodeo, I think. And <laughs> <laughs> and uh, she she has a number of different practice areas. We're going to let her go into a little more detail about how she serves her clients. Um, but I'm glad Stacy's here today because she's not only going to talk about her law firm and her law firm growth, but we're going to talk about a new venture that she has been able to uh, participate in and a path that she's embarked on that I'm really excited to share with you guys. So welcome, Stacey. Thank you. <laughs> so why don't you start out by just telling us a little bit about your law firm who you serve, how you serve them, Uh, that kind of thing.
1: Sure. Um, So we are basically a general practice firm, but we primarily um, help people with um, criminal defense and family law. Um, I also practice immigration and uh, workers compensation. And then my associate practices in uh, bankruptcy as well as criminal defense and um, family law. And then We're in the process of hiring another associate um, and I don't know what they're going to (laughs) do, but I guess we'll find out. Um, And so we're pretty small here and we stay really, really busy. So that's what
0: we do. And I think to give people some context, because I know it took, you know, like you and I've had many conversations about what it's like to work in Wyoming and Mm -hmm. particularly where you are. And it's very sort of uh, rural and not as populated. And the legal community is pretty small, so give us a, a little bit of an idea, kind of what. And I, I think for people in bigger communities, they have a tendency more to specialize. But where you are, you almost need to be a little bit of a generalist because the population is so underserved when it comes to legal services, right?
1: Right. Um, so just for an idea of size, um, Sheridan has a little less than twenty thousand people total. Um, so at least that's the last time I drove by the population side. Um, so it is very small. I mean, we do have a lot of attorneys here and I, by a lot, I mean, just for our size. Um, but, in the surrounding areas, a lot of people have been retiring and kind of getting out of family law specifically. So there's really been a need for that and working here as an attorney, you, you have to travel. So I work all around the state. I'm also licensed in Montana. So I go to Montana a lot. Um, Billings, Montana is only um, about an hour and 45 minutes away from here. Uh, So I go there regularly. Um, And, We have to travel to Casper, which is two hours away, Cheyenne, which is four hours away, Um, Buffalo is only 40 minutes away, Uh, Gillette is about an hour and a half away. And so those are the places we regularly travel to. Um, And so the areas around here are underserved. And so we have to go, we have to be willing to travel. So as an attorney in Wyoming, that's just regular. You just hop in the car and you go and you travel, but we are able to peer remotely for a lot of things. So traveling is really just for those important hearings. Um, But yeah, we do have people call in for random contract review, um, putting liens on things, stuff like that, that we just have to research um, and do if we want. Right now we're kind of busy, so we don't have to take those cases and we can refer them out. But yeah, we really have to be, able to take on all areas. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, and, that, and that,
0: for you, that really kind of suits you too, because you also love the variety of that from what you you and I've discussed to be able to do, you know, different things and, and uh, you know, break it up a little bit so you're not mm-hmm. doing the same thing all the time. Your, uh, let's talk about kind of where, where you started in your firm, how long you've been practicing, how long you've had your own practice. And um, and some of your some of the things uh, that have led to your growth and some of the things you've done as you've grown. Um, so let's start. I, that's a lot of questions at once. So let's just start with your, how long you practiced And when you started, your, what led you to start your own practice?
1: Sure. Um, so I've been practicing for about seven and a half years now. Um, and I started out with a firm here in Sheridan. I was there for about four and a half years and then I decided to leave and open my firm. So that was in January, 2019. Um, so about three and a half years, I think that is. (laughs) Um, and I, it was just me for, I think four months or so. And then I was too busy and I couldn't handle that myself. So I hired a part-time paralegal, um, and she kind of grew into full-time, um, uh, cause I was expecting my third child. And so by the time I had the child, I wanted my paralegal to be full-time. Um, and so she was kind of coming back from maternity leave. So that worked out well. So she came on full-time and then, I don't know, I started talking to you cause I didn't know what to do anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Because I became too busy. (laughs) Um, And so I moved into having my paralegal and a receptionist. Um, I'm not sure when that was. I think it was before I was talking to you. Um, But I think it was about a year and a half in. Um, And so I had them. And then I moved into a new building, which is where I'm at now, um, and decided that I needed, well, you told me I needed another (laughs) associate (laughs) and talked me into that. So my associate, Jenna, came on board a year ago today, actually. I've been trying to remind myself that, um, to tell her, thank you for staying for a year.
0: Well, (laughs) Um, actually, actually, I think you had... Uh, so first of all, just to clarify, I did not talk you in anything.
1: <laughs> I you I, was, you I, I encourage me you <laughs> understand that I needed that help. You Needed that right? Uh, mm-hmm. Because uh, one
0: of the things about Stacey is she has an incredible work ethic,
1: mm-hmm. and
0: she loves to work. Uh, and so she will work around the clock, and she also has three little
1: kids at home. How, how old are her kids? Um, my oldest is six, my middle is four, and my youngest is two and a half. Two and a half, yeah. So
0: uh, so all of that was going on. And I think when we met, you only had really, I think you have one person helping you, and then you started adding staff and stuff like that. Um, yeah, that could be which, right. It was a big help. But I think one of the challenges, one of the things I did want to talk about was you hiring an, an attorney, because one of the big challenges where you live, and I and I know this is the case with some other clients of mine who are in rural areas, and probably some of the people listening to this, is that it's a small legal community, and you kind of already know everybody,
1: and mm-hmm. a lot of people
0: already settled in where they are, and so there was there was a lot of discussion around where am I going to get this lawyer? I think you had had an associate that didn't work out too okay. right, yes. um, and so you were a little gun shy uh, at that point and also didn't really know where to hire. And you wound up doing some recruiting actually outside of your state. So what was that? First of all, what was that experience like in hiring your first associate and not having that worked out? What kind well, of things did you go through with that?
1: My first associate, she was a legal assistant at my old firm with me, but she was going to law school online at Mitchell Hamlin. It was like one, it was pre-COVID and it was one of the first ABA accredited programs. So she was going there and then when I realized I was going to leave, she was also having some difficulty so she wanted to leave as well. And so we kind of decided that, you know, she'd help me out and um do some externship stuff and whatever and then she'd work with me when she was a lawyer. Um I kind of realized during that process that it was probably not going to work cuz she didn't really seem like She had the work ethic I was looking for, Um, but I kind of tried to be like, well, maybe it's because she's in school. We'll kind of power through, see how it works once she's licensed. Um, So I did that, but I changed the page structure that I had initially planned to do um, because I was worried about that. So I changed it to basically all commission um, so that it would hopefully motivate her to work. Um, but it didn't. <laughs> um, and so she just basically was coming to my office every day asking me for stuff to do and she wouldn't go out and network or or really do anything. Um, and so basically, I tried to change up ways that I paid her. I tried to do a whole bunch of different stuff to motivate her and it just didn't work out. So I basically just told her, like, I'm sorry, like this isn't working. you're gonna need to leave. Um, She cleared out her office. It really just kind of ended poorly. And she and I have not spoken really since then. Um, I also realized after that point that I needed somebody experienced right now for my first hire because I just did not have the time to teach someone how to be a lawyer. I needed someone who knew how to be a lawyer and um, who could come in and I maybe needed to teach family law or Wyoming law. But I could not help somebody learn how to be a lawyer, so I did start posting on our Wyoming Bar Association job board, um, things like that. Um, I help you helped me use a recruiter, but she, after a few weeks, said, "I don't know how to help you. <laughs> um, like I can't help you find somebody there." Uh, she, I don't think she had really helped someone this rural. Um, so I reached out to the university of Wyoming law school, um, and they posted and they also spoke to some people. So that's how I found my current person. And basically she reached out to my paralegal because she knew her and asked her some questions. And so she then sent me her resume and an email. And basically I was like, you're good. Like when can you start? You're perfect. <laughs> Cause she was a prosecutor. But she's from, she was from Colorado. Too, but She so had she gone had to UW, um, university of Wyoming law school. And then she had gone and been a prosecutor for two years in Colorado. And so I knew that she would work out well by her resume and everything. And, um, my paralegal told me about her too. And she seemed like she'd be a great fit. We scheduled an interview basically just as a formality. um, And at the end of the interview, I'm like, so um, when can you start? (laughs) And we had to wait a few months. I think I interviewed her in like May and she couldn't start until August. And so it was pretty rough because I mean, I was busy. Like I was really like, it was hard. So yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: I, and, and I mean, to me, like what, the reason I wanted you to share that story is because I think so many people uh, listening to this podcast will have experienced similar things where they may have tried to hire an associate and it didn't work out. And sometimes people get so discouraged and they kind of just think, "Well, this I just need to, you know, I'm just going to figure out something else because I'm not going to be able to hire anybody." And mm-hmm. I know that there was a lot of that when you and I first, you know, began talking about it. Mm-hmm. And it and it takes uh, and then it takes sort of letting go of some of that and saying, "Okay, well." if I were to hire an associate, what would that look like? And maybe I can, and we really brainstormed. We were constantly sort of brainstorming on connections and people you could talk with and looking outside the state and all that. And it, and it all worked out really well because this particular person was able to move back, had a spouse who was willing to um, move, move back here and everything. So, you know, yay. Now you're yeah. on the search again, which is wonderful. And and I am just, <sighs> you know, all of this so that people have a, a context too, is that your revenue has been doubling and doubling and doubling. Uh, and yeah. All that.
1: It's been doubling, I think almost every year, um, since I opened. And, um, obviously I got to the point before, pretty Jenna, where I, you had informed me that like once I hit that number, I really can't do it alone anymore, which was apparent. Um, and this year, we're, I think, we're on track right now to be right at probably a million. Yay!
0: yay.
1: Yeah. Crossover that million. And that's why we need to hire another that. person. Right. And we're also, um, I also am buying a building. So we close uh, in in about four weeks. So That's wonderful. That's
0: wonderful. Yeah, yeah I think when we started, you were probably around... A quarter million to 300 are kind of in that range and so it's been a lot of very rapid growth mm-hmm. and it's one of the things that you know we did we have talked about a lot is that you there's you there's only so far you can get yourself even with a really good team depending on your practice areas because there' are only so many hours in a day and eventually you really need somebody else and especially if you want I think one of the big wins for me I know was when you planned a vacation, and you actually left your firm and took your kids and your hubby and went to Cancun, I think it was. Was it Cancun or Tulum.
1: Yeah, we went to Cancun in March. And then um, we actually just went to Denver for just a school shopping trip last week. And then my husband and I are going to Cancun again alone uh, okay. right around when we close on the new building. Cause that's when I like to leave town is when I close or move offices. <laughs> so, so yeah. So I hadn't got the, hadn't gotten the update on the building. So you did. I know. I, I hadn't know. been able to update you on that yet, but yeah, we were looking around and we had something else in mind, but it wasn't going to work out because I need to move in order to hire another associate. I need to move. And so that's, what's been holding me back. Cause I do not have anywhere to put another associate here. I had an intern this summer, that was, it was really nice to have an intern. And he worked in the kitchen. (laughs) I had to find a kitchen table for him.
0: (laughs) I remember being an intern and working in like a supply closet. So you know, (laughs) Mm -hmm. now, uh, a lot of what I wanted to the reason I kind of wanted to interview at this particular time is because I've been discussing with a lot of, you know, when I talk about wealthy woman lawyer, it doesn't just begin and end with your law firm because the idea is to get your law firm to a point where it is generating enough wealth for you to you to be able to have to also diversify your investments. So you're not just having this wealth generating law firm and this asset, but you're also buying a building and having that asset. And there are a lot of different things that people are doing to invest their wealth. And you did something that was really kind of fun. And I I think a lot of people enjoy hearing about it because You follow. You didn't do something else that was sort of legal or go invest. You know, you may have stuff in the stock market, but but what you did is you followed another passion Mm -hmm. and kind of took advantage of an opportunity that came up. So why don't you tell us about that business that you decided to
1: invest in and why? (laughs) Um. So in May ish. I, my husband and I bought a tanning salon, um, and actually it is the only tanning salon in Sheridan. So, oh, wow, yeah, so it's a little bit different because we don't have a million tanning salons here. We have one. Yeah. <laughs> and in we Florida, we
0: got them everywhere. Plus we've got the beach and the
1: sunshine. Which is ironic snow. since you yeah. have the sun all the time. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. Right. And you say, and I am, and, and if you, for those watching the video, you'll see how pale I actually am. Uh, <laughs> as a native Floridian, and you see that uh, Stacy's has lovely tan, because she right. tan a lot, right? And I'm not
1: normally this tan, um, oh. but yeah, so I, people think it's really weird at first, but um, I actually have always enjoyed tanning, and um, it's like a stress reliever for me, And I've always kind of wanted to own a tanning salon. And I've always told my husband we should open a competing one here. And I had actually been looking at like places where we could do that or like um, chains that we could open, things like that. And then all of a sudden I got information that the owners of this one were wanting to sell. So I got involved in that and... We bought it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, so what was the, so here you are busy law firm. You're, you know, you need another attorney. What was that like to decide I'm going to go ahead and buy another business. What kind of things did you feel like you need to have in place to be able to do that?
1: Well, um, they already had one employee who I knew from tanning there was there actually only employee other than themselves? They were there all the time. They worked it, um, and so I knew she was very knowledgeable um, because I would be sitting waiting for the you know bed that I wanted to use or whatever, and I would hear her talking to other customers about the tanning lotions, the different tanning beds, um, the spray tans because they do we <laughs> do spray tans by hand, um, and she does them. Um, and so I knew she was an asset to the company and to the salon. Um, and so we wanted her and she would be the person who would run it. Um, and so we knew that that would be important because we obviously weren't going to be there all day, every day. Um, so we made that clear to her that she was going to be an asset to us and we were going to give her a raise because, um, The old owners, we had a lot of problems in the sale. It was very difficult. Um, Things I don't understand um, were done by the old owners. Um, As an attorney, I had to make some threats and do some things that I didn't want to do, but had to do. Um, And they were being difficult to our manager because she was obviously staying with us. Um, and so it was kind of like behind the scenes discussions with her that like, just hang on, you know, you'll be taken care of. We'll give you a proper pay. Um, and you know, you won't be treated poorly anymore. Um, so that has panned out to be a good thing and she's here and she can do literally anything we need her to do. She can like rewire the beds. She, it's insane. Um, she's definitely, wow.
0: Yeah, I think it's, a, I, I think let's delve into that a little bit of what, uh, because if people are thinking about buying a business, there are some things to think about. I know um, when my husband and I, we sold a business, we sold a gym and the people we sold the gym to, we, they came from another country and they were Australia and they were kind of coming in on a visa, you know, buying a business and investing in a U.S. company and, um, so they, you know, wanted our business for that purpose. And we, I think we didn't do enough due diligence, uh, when we were selling because we were just ready to get rid of it and close it, you know, move on to other things. And it turned out to be uh, a complicated, you know, that wound up with doing, you know, we were heading to litigation and we wound up settling and all of that. And it wasn't anything that of course they accused us of everything. They were every week we would get some new accusation. Um, and it got really nasty. Um, but it was, you know, simply that they, they started when they came here, they started unwinding the the it was a married couple and one of the partners in the couple was not we found out she had some mental challenges and mm-hmm personality issues and stuff and so a lot of stuff started getting kind sort of unraveling and it's it's things that I do think if you are going to invest in buying a business um I do think you have to prepare yourself for other people not being who you think they are not having the same level of ethics that you have and I would advise to do a little bit more I wish we had done more due diligence And got to know more about them. It's a little difficult because they were coming in from another country. But we probably could have done a little bit more. In your case, you actually knew these people ahead of time. Mm -hmm. But you probably didn't know some of the behind the scenes. You know, you probably didn't know them that well. It's kind of like marrying somebody. (laughs)
1: Yeah, Um, yeah, I didn't know them like well. But I knew about them. um, And I knew they weren't great people. Um, and so I knew going in that, uh, they were probably going to try to do some things. Um, I knew that we were paying too much and, um, it was just, I, (laughs) um, by the end, I knew that they were going to take things out of the salon that they shouldn't. um, And I thought about a lot of things that I could do. Um, I thought about not paying the full amount owed um, because we paid some earnest money, essentially. Um, The process took a lot longer than we anticipated and they were kind of pushy about it so we paid money up front a couple times and it was in the i drafted the contract so or the purchase agreement so i added that to it and we would sign it um but i thought about a lot of things and then in the end i just thought i'm basically paying them to go away at this point um because they were moving um and i just (laughs) i didn't want to deal with it anymore and I just wanted them to leave, and I just wanted them gone. And I, right. I didn't want to fight. I didn't want. I mean, I, I had threatened them a couple times, um, and I just didn't want to deal with it anymore. So Part of I that's just, the value you know. of your
0: time. You know what I mean? Your time is worth. In your law firm business, you're busy, and you've got things mm-hmm. going on, and you've got your kids and the husband and your husband and his new business venture. And so you kind of have to make choices at that point. Is it worth it to the detriment of these other things? Right. That's kind of what we wound up deciding as well, which was interesting. I always find it interesting because oftentimes lawyers in our own handling of our own business, we tend to be more apt to sort of let some things go or whatever, because Mm -hmm. we sort of do the evaluation and we know, what it is like if you actually get into a litigious situation, how, mm-hmm. how you know, stressful. Like there's an emotional cost and a physical cost and all of those things that go on when you get there. And so I find it's interesting because I often find lawyers tend to be like, ah, eh, you know, I'll just write this off, right, yeah. and let this go. Um, looking back on that now, would you say is there anything that you think you would do differently? uh sort of going into it or do you feel like it sort of had to happen the way that it all sort of happened
1: you know i think it's fine the way it happened i maybe could have negotiated a lower price um but i think in the end it's okay we've really gone forward with we don't talk negatively about the old owners they have a very negative reputation we've gotten a lot of clients back who stopped coming because of the old owners um and they weren't comfortable there particularly because of the the male owner um he made females very uncomfortable um so a lot of people have come back and we've changed a whole lot of things it's just a better uh, feel and better environment and so you know we don't allow anyone to talk negatively if people talk negatively about them to us we don't engage in that kind of behavior so i think if i had done something um not paid them the full amount um really started more of an issue with them i think it would have just fueled that negative and negativity i guess cuz they would have spread things about us however i've kind of kept a positive relationship in their opinion <laughs> um I allow the female owner to tan for free I told her she can I don't really care whatever um are they moving I thought they were moving
0: away they did
1: move um but she comes back she has a daycare in town still and so she comes back occasionally so it's rare that she's even here. Um, she came in and bought a ton of our old inventory that was like their inventory, but we discounted it cause we wanted it out and she bought like $1,200 worth of it. Um, so I just, am trying to keep things positive and I think that's probably for the best because they're not probably, maybe they are, I don't know. I haven't heard anything about them like trashing us or our salon. So that's probably, it was probably a better choice. Yeah. 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 So
0: How now, what kind of improvements have you made in the business? Because you've done, I know you've changed the name, you have a cute slogan, you've done all that, you've kept this good employee. I saw where you were sort of looking for another employee, it looks like. What other kinds of investments or kind of plans do you have for this business?
1: We completely repainted the entire inside. Um, So we have like a front area that's like a little boutique area, and then we have 10 rooms. Um, we have nine beds and one spray tan room. So we were painting for forever, um <laughs> like ever. Uh, we were there all day on a on Saturdays and Sundays for like four weeks, and we would take our kids and they would just wash their iPads. we pawned them off on their grandparents a couple times um yeah it was a big thing and we had some of our employees help and um our manager helped a lot we would be there late at night i would go or my husband would go so we would just trade off and so i I am very much
0: yeah i'm very much like let's see who we can pay to come paint this for me because yeah i my husband and i when we bought our first house we were newly together moving in together We bought our first house and we start painting and it led to like a big argument over like our painting, like painting styles and then getting upset. And then he's like, let's just call somebody and have them come paint. And that always tends to work out for us. Uh, We've painted many, many things together since then, businesses, houses, and uh, we're a little bit more selective about what we paint and what we call other people to paint for us because that's a sure way to start trouble with yeah. it's much harder than people think it is.
1: It's a big thing. Um, it was a lot. It took a lot of time, but it's done. Um looks better. It, it looks way better. Um we've just kind of changed some of the decor. We've um like recycled and redone some of the decor that was in there just to make it look better. We've changed it more to like a nautical theme. Um, so it's more like the, the walls are like a beige color, like, um, well, it's called carpet grayish. It's what my house is. Um, And then we have like white furniture with some navy and things like that. Um, I bought new tables for each of the rooms. Um, We're buying new chairs. I bought new chairs for the boutique because there was a couple of real trashy ones. Um, so it sounds the- like you really are creating a little haven. You know, being
0: in Wyoming, it's not... You're not close to the ocean. And so you're creating a little piece of the beach for those beach lovers in Wyoming who can't get away to the beach. But you can come here and feel like you're at the beach and and get a tan and all of that. Trying.
1: We also bought a new tanning bed. Um, Oh, wow. So because one of our our most popular one, which is our um, there's different levels and it's our highest level bed that we have right now. People were waiting like 30 minutes for it. So we oh. bought another one of those. Um, and so we just finished getting it all set up and everything last week. So people are pretty excited about that. Um, and then we have two more new beds on order that are higher uh, quality, like higher level beds. Yeah. They are not going to get here till about February though. Yeah. Supply chain issues. I have no doubt. Yeah. They're in Germany. They come from
0: Germany. So it just uh-huh. takes a bit. Um let's talk numbers and let's talk about the business aspect of this cuz i think cuz i really want to focus on the and i know you know all your numbers right cuz <laughs> we're going to talk about the business aspect of it because i know that that's you know that's kind of what i'm wanting to highlight for people is about sort of you know making investments and in other things so how much do you anticipate this will generate for you in revenue uh, in gross revenue every year or every month, or however you want to do the numbers. Like how much do you do you have an idea of what, what your expectation is for that?
1: The first couple of years, it's probably not going to generate anything um, because we're having to pour so much money into it to redo it. And we had to take out a large loan. Um we had to take out extra to buy all the new bed. Uh, or mm-hmm. tanning beds um, because they're very expensive. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, I would imagine. Um, so we, yeah, for the first couple years, it's probably not going to make us anything and that's fine because honestly we needed to probably lose a little money because <laughs> of our situation. Because <laughs> of what the law firm is making, right? Because you're making so mm-hmm. much in the law firm, yeah. So we're. it's really fine. Honestly, if it makes... How we kind of went into it is like, if it makes us anything, it's like, we're already making so much personally that it it's just like extra that we're going to put into retirement or our kids' college accounts or whatever. It's really not that big of a deal. Yeah. Um, but on our profit generators and things that we had to do for our business plans for our loan and everything, um, it was very difficult to figure it out because the old owner's Lied on the numbers they gave us, um, and we know that. And our banker knew that, and he was honest. He told us that when we came in, and we're like, "Yeah, we know," <laughs> um, because it didn't make any sense. Their books didn't make any sense, mm-hmm. um, so it, we're we're unsure because of that. But based on what we think by the numbers that we've done with our accountant. And my mom, who's an accountant, um, we think after the first couple of years, it'll probably be generating like up to like 70,000 a year, maybe even more. But that's honestly a total guess. We're not really sure.
0: You're not really sure because you don't have any data to, to go exactly. by and, and you haven't started tracking your own. Do you need, do, did they have a, like a POS system? Do they have some sort of system for tanning? Like software specifically for tanning that helps you?
1: Yes. Did did Um, they already have something or did you have to get something better or new? So they had something, but the owner would delete everything out of it because that's what they were lying about because he was pocketing cash and things like that. Um, Uh, And so that's why the numbers are not correct because um, the year before we bought it, he had pocketed $70,000 of cash. Um, and so it was not reported correctly. So, so he had
0: sort of a, I, he had sort of a tech strategy there, mm-hmm. <laughs> some might say. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. okay. So yeah. yeah, the, the numbers aren't correct at all. Um, it, yeah, it just doesn't make any sense. And also they didn't run the salon efficiently. They were only using three of their 10 or their nine rooms. Um, oh, wow. and they also didn't keep their beds up to date. Like the lamps in the beds had not been changed for the whole three years. They had owned the salon. Mm. Um, it was pretty, yeah, they weren't, they were rolling back hours on the beds and things like that. It was not oh, good. Wow. Yeah. Wow, it was just, wow. not, they were lying a lot. So, but would you do have, it all over again? If you, if you knowing
0: all of this, knowing I how knew, difficult I knew it those was,
1: things. the manager told me those things. Um, because we've gotten it all up to speed and like the clients know those things. Cause we had to say, we had to change all of the bulbs and people were like, I just don't feel like I'm getting tan. And huh, that's because the bulbs haven't been changed in three years. Just wait. Wow. <laughs> um, wow. I mean, really, if it's, uh, if it's running properly and everything's being maintained, um, it's really just like a cash cow because people, I mean, even all summer, I mean, we've been at, you know, hundred and plus degrees. We've still had at least 15 to 18 clients tuning a day and summer's the slow time in the winter. We'll have like 40 to 60 people a day. So yeah, I would
0: imagine, I would imagine that also helped. Like when you live in a colder climate where it's snows, shorter days and all the dark, you know, that there's probably a lot of people who tan there for the
1: vitamin D, for the
0: light. Yeah, the vitamin D for the lights to help with depression and yep. things like that. Uh, so it goes beyond sort of, you know, just how you, you, that you like the look of a tan or how you're going to look at the beach when you go. Mm-hmm. It
1: goes, It's it's really more of that as well so we also have a red light bed, which people are loving. So, Mm. um, it's, you know, rehabilitative. And since my husband's a physical therapist, he's also pushing it with his people too. So that's pretty popular also. And that it's the only red light bed in Sheridan. Wow. We have, we actually have our own red light, um,
0: here. My husband does that all the time Mm -hmm. because it really helps with, it doesn't uh, have harmful rays, but it really helps with the You know, mental your mental state and all of Mm -hmm. that does many other things for you. So um very interesting.
1: So but would I do it all again? Uh yet to be seen. Um one of the challenges is the employees, because I went from um my three employees here to also having one at one point earlier this summer I had six employees there. So it's a lot. And my manager is a difficult person for people to get along with. So I've been working with her on that. She gets along with me okay. I can talk to her. Um, she's the I one can... who's
0: so great at doing everything.
1: Yeah. But so she's just you...
0: not a people person.
1: And it's because she's been by herself for years and years and years. She hasn't had to work with anyone. Um, so that's
0: one I... of the things you did was hire a number of employees. You staffed up. Hmm. I hired.
1: I mean, we had to, um, because she was working like 104 hours a week. I mean, it was nuts. Um, but I hired like five additional people. Five or yeah, five additional people at one point. Um, and a few of them left for college. Um, one quit because of working with my manager, um, but she wasn't a stellar employee anyways. So um, yeah, right now I have four employees and I'm hiring for one employee. Yeah. So that really
0: also thrust you. I mean, you've been managing people at the law firm, but you've had kind of a small team at the law firm. and you've known them really well and that kind of thing. And so did this, has this really challenged you from a management standpoint and really learning how to be a better manager and a good manager and all of that? Cause I don't, you haven't had that. You've had some challenges in the law firm, but was there a difference?
1: Mm, I mean, I used to be when I was younger, like in college, I used to be a manager of a restaurant um so I'm kind of used to it it's been a while um but I would say that back then I wasn't as mature as I am now so it was more uh now I'm just better at dealing with people and so I'm trying to teach that to my manager um and so and like Ian my husband sorry can't he can't She doesn't get along with him well, um, which is funny because he gets along with everybody. He's super passive and like doesn't ever have any issues with anyone. And I don't know if it's because she didn't get along with the male owner previously because he was very mean to her. And so I don't know if that's just like sticking with that. And so I have to deal with everything. Um, But I also create the schedules and I post them on an app. So like I have to remember to do that. And, uh, yeah. And I do the payroll and all of those things. So I'm really adding
0: all these things to your plate. Mm -hmm. Um, and on top of all you're doing with your law firm. And of course, you know, what I'm going to say to you is we need to be getting some of those things off our plate.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I'm just trying to get my manager kind of under control. And we've had to be dealing with so many other things like getting, the, you know, new bed installed and getting another one working and then getting something else done. And I kind of want her dealing with that rather than worrying about something else.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: cause I can't do those things and we don't have right. anybody here close enough to fix those kinds of things. We'd have right. to fly someone in. Um, and so, you know, I just usually post the schedule like four weeks at a time. Um, I found a really awesome app for it. So I love that. And, um, then, you know, the, I do payroll for the firm anyways, so it's not a big deal to do payroll for them because the software that we do use for the tanning program and everything, that's where they clock in and out. And it gives me all of that. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's a lot. And, you know, we haven't mentioned, I also have another full-time law job as well. So yeah, it is a lot, but yeah. That's why I'm hiring another associate. So that maybe I don't have to do as much stuff. Yeah.
0: yeah. I do think that is the, I do think that is one of the challenges of uh, entrepreneur or, you know, people who are very entrepreneurial is that we, we love the idea of having multiple businesses and doing, because we have visions and, you know, passions for different things. Mm -hmm. And um, but oftentimes especially when you're starting out, it can be really time intensive for you when you're starting out, even if your vision is one day for it to sort of run by itself or run pretty much hands off um, initially. And also in this case, when you've got an existing staff and you have to turn, you know, turn over and change the way you're doing things and stuff like that, there is some transition period. So what advice would you have for somebody who is considering you know, they're running their law firm, they're making enough money now and they want to buy another business. What advice would you have for them?
1: Um, well, like you said, that it is a lot of time involved. Do you think it's not going to be but it is? Um, I mean, everybody told me that. Like I was talking with my CPA before we bought it and he's like, well, if you think it's going to be X amount of hours, it's going to be like five times that. And I was like, yeah, I know, that's fine. And I mean, I, it has been fine. We do spend a lot of time there. Um, but you know, I don't mind cause I like to be busy and I like to work and it's okay. I think. Uh, well, I do think that is one of the things,
0: um, for anybody who knows you knows that you really love to work. Um, almost mm-hmm. to the point of maybe workaholic a little bit, but you really love, you really love to work and, and, you know, not everybody does. A lot of other people have a vision for, I want to step away from this and work as little as possible and travel a whole lot. Um, but I think where you are right now, you really enjoy it, which is why you're still so active in your practice as well, because you could turn away work. You could work less. You have an attorney to take things. You know, there are those kind of, you could choose not to do this other law job that you do, but I think everything that you do is because you really enjoy it and- yeah like doing the work and with this particular thing i think again it's a passion it's a little bit of a passion project for you because you love to tan and you love everything around the tanning business and it's something that's sort of been a dream of yours for a while um which probably makes it um easier in the beginning to sort of put in that extra okay we're gonna be up till midnight painting because there's a lot of enthusiasm and excitement around it whereas five years from now you may look at that differently you may be like no we have to like have people (laughs) i can't keep this up right
1: yeah and i think i mean i i like to travel too but um you know i'm i'm just 32 so i guess i just feel like right now that's not really what i'm supposed to be i'm not supposed to be just off gallivanting around um you know, this is kind of, I'm supposed to work right now because I'm 32 and that's what I'm supposed to be doing. And so I'm like building all of these things right now to generate enough to have put away and in proper places or, you know, invested and whatnot. So that whenever I am a bit older and my kids aren't little, then I can do that. I can travel and I can do whatever I need to. Um, because I I don't know, I'm just young at this yeah. point and my kids are so little. Um, you know, I'm one, not gonna travel a lot without them because I I just won't because they miss us. And I yeah. a week, five days is about it, because then they're sad and I'm sad because I miss them. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. two, you know, it's difficult to take them places because they're so little um, you know, about four hours on the plane was max. (laughs) Yeah. We're not going to be doing doing a lot of traveling. So, um, you know, I just think that I'm pretty much just building to the point where that's going to be what we do and we can go on trips and things. So, you know, I've, I've talked to you about it too, that we're just kind of getting to that point where we're like, Wow, that's a lot in our bank account. Um, hmm. Okay, so what do we do with that? Um, like the building that I'm buying, I am putting, you know, over a hundred thousand down on it, and that's fine. I'm just yeah. going to pay cash, and that's great. And wow, wow, how fantastic that
0: is! How yeah, fantastic that is. But it's also like rethinking if you if you didn't have money before, and then you're doing these things, and you're getting money there is that feeling of, okay, what do I, okay, what do I do now? Because now you have to figure out the best thing to do with that money and also have tax strategy and all mm-hmm. of that as well. So there is a learning curve to all of that. Um, and you know, to your point about being 30, you know, in your thirties, I remember when I was in my thirties, I worked seven days a week. I mean, I loved it, but I also, and I, all my friends were work and we hung out together and we hung out together after work. And there was a lot of that, um, that was my life. Of course, I still work a lot now, but it's also because I love and enjoy work. But Mm -hmm. I do have a lot more, I do take a lot more time off now than I used to when I was at that age, because that was sort of the foundation, Mm -hmm. you know, of your future and all of that. And you having kids, I'm sure that figures a lot into your thinking is also, you know, creating that generational wealth and preparing them for their future. And all those advantages you want them to have and that kind of thing, you know, mm-hmm. into it. As long as you got the energy and the stamina and you love doing it, hey, go for it. You get to be 57, you don't have as much stamina as you used to. Yeah, no, no,
1: not doing this yeah. whenever I'm that old.
0: <laughs> you say that. Well, let me, we'll see how that is. Um, I'm not but- going to
1: be one of those attorneys that they have to force to retire. That's not me.
0: <laughs> no, no, good, good. Well, Stacy, I've enjoyed this conversation and it's great to catch up with you because you and I are overdue for a catch up, which we're on the book soon for. So, um, but I'm really excited that you shared your experience of buying a business because I know a lot of people have these sort of ideas in their mind and I'm, you know, it'll be not only, I think there'll be an encouragement factor for people, but also, you know, some things to think about before they go into buying another business. and Also just what life has been like for you over the last couple of years with going, you know, from a quarter million to a million, you know, that's huge. That's huge. Mm -hmm. And what a life-changing sort of thing. It gives you a lot more options and lets you go down some more exciting kind of paths, adventures, you know? Mm -hmm. Right. So thanks so much. Why don't you tell us where we can connect with you if anybody wants to reach out to you and, you know, just connect with you. Maybe somebody wants to apply for that job. And sure <laughs> Wyoming is gorgeous as somebody who just went out. I was just out in that, in that area. And it's so beautiful out there. So, um,
1: <laughs> um information. Yeah. Well, I'm on Facebook. Um, just my name, Stacy Curvin, no E in the first name. And then K I R V as in Victor, E N. Um, and then, my email is just stacy at com. Those are the best ways to reach me. And that's your
0: web address then?
1: Um, that's my email.
0: Mm-hmm. And then what my you, website. What's your web address? Is it the extension of your email?
1: My website? Yeah, your website. Yeah, My, <laughs> my <laughs> website is uh, just dot urbanlawwio.com right that's what I'm saying if they wrote your email to that it's probably your
0: website url on the extension of that so yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, although some people do things differently you know it's a lot of use <laughs> in gmail still which just makes my skin crawl um, but anyway <laughs> that's <laughs> my right. tanning salon's email <laughs> oh no you need to change it you need to change it I can't alright my friend I will talk to you soon thanks so much for being here yep thank you We hope you've enjoyed today's episode of the Wealthy Woman Lawyer podcast. If you have, we invite you to leave us a review on your preferred podcast platform. The more five-star reviews we have, the more women law firm owners will be able to positively impact. Your thoughts and opinions are so important to us. If you are a woman law firm owner who wants to scale your law firm to a million dollars or more in gross annual revenue and do it in a way that's sustainable and feels good to you, then we invite you to join us in the Wealthy Woman Lawyer League. The League is a community of highly intelligent, goal-oriented and driven women law firm owners who are excited to support one another on their journeys to becoming wealthy women lawyers. We'll be sharing so much in the League in the coming year, including the exclusive million dollar law firm framework that until now, I've only shared with my private one-to-one clients. For more information and to join us, Go now to www.wealthywomanlawyer.com slash lead. That's www.wealthywomanlawyer.com slash lead. Lead is spelled L-E-A-G-U-E. We look forward to seeing you soon in the league.